Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's talk about trucks at Martinsville. This is going to be super quick, super quick with the picks, not the deep analysis. But if you want the deep analysis, if you want to dig into the meat and potatoes, please go to raceforthepries.com and click on this red button here. It says Brandon Cruz DFS. That'll take you to the Patreon so you can support Brandon and I. If you help us out, help us pay our bills, help me pay for the diapers. Yeah, I'm still paying for the diapers. I wish I wasn't, but I am. And you can help me. And if you help me, I will help you. I'll share all the data, all the information. I wrote 2,500 words on the truck series. I'm not going to be able to go into all that in the video. And I don't want to go into all of that on the video. I want you to pay. I want you to support us. I want you to appreciate us. I like the likes. I like the subscribes. I like the comments. I like the feedback. But life is expensive. Let's be real, folks. Please help us. Please help Brandon. And you can go to raceforthepries.com and get that information. Kyle Bush, I'm playing him. I understand the leverage play if you're entering 150 lineups. If you're entering 150 lineups on a Thursday night truck series race when you have opening day for baseball, you have the Masters, you've got NBA going on, you got F1 right around the corner, you've got Xfinity, you got the Cup Series, USFL's kicking off soon. What are you doing? I know there's probably somebody out there watching right now that is going to enter 150 lineups and they might be offended. Maybe this is your intervention. What are you doing? But anyway, if you are entering 150 lineups, sure, you want to leverage against Kyle Busch. You want to just do a couple lineups and leverage against Kyle Busch. Good luck. To me, my stance is he's better than anyone else. He's better at this track than anyone else. Uh, he more than likely is going to have a better truck than anyone else. He gets the benefit of practice. And then last but not least, and this is the big one, there's just too many laps. I can understand in a race with 5, 20, 50 laps, and he's got this inflated price like a code. It's not going to work. But there's too many laps, too many fast laps, too many laps led for him to absolutely crush the field. Everything lines up. This feels like early days of Truck Series DFS in 2019 where Kawish had the best truck and he had practice. Now he doesn't have Rudy Fugel on his box, but he's got everything else lining up for him. Uh, Lindley's okay from the Arca Series. They brought him up. He's been okay. So I don't know. Good luck fading him. If I'm playing Kyle Busch, I can't play John Hunter Nemechek. Yes, he did win with Nemeco years ago. You want to leverage that? That's fine. But if I'm just looking at it purely analytical and not going uh, galaxy brain game theory, then it's Kyle Busch. Now you want to go galaxy brain game theory, 150 lineups on a Thursday night, then yeah, you're going to probably have some John Hunter Nemechek. I can't see both of them working. It could like I don't want to sit here and say it's not going to, but it could if they both stay out front and there's a bunch of restart wrecks in stage three, which we could see. Or maybe they all just phone it in, which is another possibility. The restart wrecks that we have seen in the past. You guys got to stop and think. That is a trend. That is something that we have seen. And you can look at racing reference. And you can even rewatch the races like me. But remember, context, context, context. Has there been a lot of wrecks? Yes. Did I watch those races? Yes. Did I see a bunch of wrecks? Yes. So, oh, well, are you saying there's going to be a bunch of wrecks? Context, context, context. When did those races occur? When were those wrecks? They were late in the season. Drivers had nothing to lose. It was the second to last race of the season. The equipment basically didn't mean anything. You had drivers rushing for playoff points. Drivers trying to get their final places in the standings. Drivers that no longer cared if they offended anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. Drivers that probably weren't even going to travel out to Phoenix. This is early in the season. 
I'm not sure you're going to see that happen. I know Brandon thinks this is going to be chaos and carnage and chaotic. And if you've watched the last handful of truck races, yes, the restarts have turned into absolute madness. And so could that trend extend? It absolutely could. They are poor drivers. They are in poor equipment. But the big difference to me is this is a spring race. It's early in the season. I'm not sold completely. Now, you can convince me, and you may convince me during the day. And I've seen the races and I've looked at the data, but I'm not completely sold they're going to be idiots in stage three. I'm not. Haven't made it my mind yet. Brandon seems to think, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm not really there. Yin and yang, we don't agree on everything. Now, if you go his way, then yeah, we could see a bunch of punts come through and then Nemechek and Bush could work. Now, if well, the way I'm leaning where it's not going to be chaos, then you can't have a bunch of value coming through and there's just absolutely no way you play both Bush and Nemechek. Um, even if his way works, there's still the possibility that the highest score on the board is not a bunch of punts, and it doesn't work with Bush and Nemechek. Zane Smith won here last year with GMS. Now he's at front row, but front row had the should have had the winning car with the truck with Todd Gilliland. He should be fine. Um, now, he didn't pass his way to the lead. You're probably not going to see anyone pass the way to the lead. That's just not the way that Martinsville works. This is old school, short track racing. The only thing that's not old school short track racing about it is the stupid stages. Stages are not old school. Stages are not traditional. They're not real racing. How did Zane Smith get the lead? He pit before the end of the stage, and then he cycled to the front. Oh, wow, that's great. So, uh, But once out front, he held his position. So you give him credit there, but it's not like he had a super fast truck that led to all those fantasy points he inherited the lead. Ben Rhodes, uh, one thing, I'm not going to say this. Actually, I will save that. That's in the notes. If you go to racefortheprize.com and you read the 2,500-word truck article, it's pretty impressive. 2,500 words. I don't like to write lengthy things because no one reads them. But that's typically for free stuff. If I'm doing stuff at DK Nation or anything public, you got to keep it short. You got to keep it simple. You got to get to the point. You got to do the picks. A decade worth of writing. Long articles are miserable. Hey, I'm also an editor at DK Nation, and I'm constantly working with writers saying less. Less is more. Less is more. People just want picks. The people that are reading these articles are not... Uh, highly educated people, even the people that are supposedly highly educated people are barely literate from my own experience. Even the people that are high, they still need to go to YouTube to get their information. They still need to hear people tell them everything. They don't read it. They can't understand it. They can't, they skim. That's okay. It's all right. It's fine. But less is more, less is more. If you are a fantasy writer or anything, just less is more uh, in terms of free stuff. Now, if if people are paying for content, I'll give you your bang for your buck and you get 2,500 words and you can go as deep as you possibly can. Obviously, that's you know that by looking at the spreadsheet. So Rhodes, Infinger, they've got history. Chandler Smith was fine last season. I just don't know if I can make these guys work price-wise. Byron Smith, that spire truck looked pretty good at Coda. It seems to be pretty closely allied with Hendrick and have Hendrick resources. It should be fast. Maybe that's a pivot off of Kyle Busch. I likely just keep going with Kyle Busch, DiBenedetto. Got to wait and see. Again, if you want some more analysis on DiBenedetto, I'm not going to go into it here, but you check out the article. How do I get the article? Well, if you've signed up for the Patreon, you'll see it. It's in the folder. It's easy. So if you want easy access to the Martinsville Truck Cup, Xfinity spreadsheets, and all the resources, and all of Brandon's stuff, and you also want F1 
stuff for Australia this weekend, then go to racefortheprize.com. Click on the red button. That is patreon.com slash DFS, And you can find out more specific stuff on DeBenedetto, more specific stuff on Byron Crafton. Uh, I'm ready to say he's done. Friesen seems like he's trending in the right direction. Wait and see. We're getting to that price point, but where maybe I can start considering these guys. I also want to look at place differential. Here's a quick note to help you with your fantasy NASCAR truck series picks on Thursday night. A lot of people are just waiting for practice to reveal all the information. Here is probably what's going to happen. You're not going to learn anything in practice. I'm sorry. I want to be optimistic and hope that practice is exciting and that we learn something and information becomes available that helps us make better picks. But the reality is that in these short practices, the one thing that we might be aware of is if trucks are going to fail or not. But it's hard for me to believe. And it's a short track, so you can lay down a lot of laps. But that could also be misleading as well. We don't know yet. We haven't seen this. So let's pump the brakes. Let's be aware of our surroundings. Context, context, context. It's not really context, but let's be suspicious of the data. Don't just completely marry yourself to the data. Um, Maybe it's going to be useful. Maybe it won't be. This is just the very first short track race where we have a very short practice. We don't know if it's going to work. Maybe it will work. But as always, I say to be critical. Doubt me. Doubt yourself. Doubt the data. It's it's a very useful practice. Don't do it so that you're pessimistic. You need to learn how to balance that out and still live a decent life. But it is very I, – I think it will be beneficial to you to go into tonight's practice skeptical of that data. Don't necessarily trust that data to be that useful. Uh, We don't know yet. Later on down the road, we'll see if these short practices at short tracks can be useful or short practices at intermediate tracks or wherever we go. We don't know yet. The sample size has been strange. That is a big clue, and I will only say it once so far. Uh, Friesen's trending in the right direction, looking like that 2019 Phoenix winner that got into the championship race, and he's getting to a price where we can consider him. Eckes is almost like Grant Infinger Light. Gives me that feel, that vibe, a little bit cheaper. Ty Majeski, late model guy. Again, you want some late model information on Majeski at Martinsville? Check out the article. Maybe someone I'm targeting. Parker Kligerman's got that opportunity, but this typically I like Parker Kligerman in softer fields. This is a pretty strong field. It's not elite by any means, but there's one or two more drivers that are decent that are going to bump Kligerman down a couple spots. He's not necessarily cheap, and this is not 2020 COVID era where Parker Kligerman's starting in the back every single time. Now, uh, I kind of skipped over this. But with practice, again, we're not sure. And since we're not sure, you really need to do your homework now. I'm I'm begging you. I implore you. Don't wait to practice to start digging into it. Don't wait until practice to start doing your homework and then finding out that, oh, I didn't really get any good information at practice. Well, then you're behind the eight ball. Then you're behind me. And then you're behind everybody else who decided that I'm going to do my research beforehand. I'm going to narrow it down beforehand. I'm going to try to make my picks now. I'm going to try to find the drivers I like now. And not just completely go in blank, look at practice and find out, well, practice didn't tell me anything. Great. Sweet. We're 50 steps ahead of you and you're just now starting the race. You need to start the race now. You need to do your homework, your research. Now you need to prepare as if there isn't practice. You need to prepare as if practice isn't going to give you anything. And if it does, then it's cream on top of the cake. It's sugar. It's a cherry on top. It's extra. It's beneficial. It's added value. But if it's not, you're fine. You're good to go. That's how you should prepare. Prepare for a long war, Sun Tzu says. Carson Hosefer, I like him. We'll see. He's improving. He's Ross Chastain light. 
He'll get there. He'll make mistakes. He has talent. The Nice truck seems pretty decent. He's at a price where I can think about it. But again, a lot of Hosever's good finishes in 2021 were against softer fields. If this field is going to be tough for Kligerman, then this field's going to be tough for Hosever. And I don't know if Hosever's Nice truck is that much better than Kligerman's Henderson truck. And I definitely don't believe that Hosever is a more talented driver. He, I don't even know if he's more aggressive. So, uh, really, I can see a lot of people going to Hosefer over Kligerman, and really, Kligerman's probably the better play. Now, ultimately, starting position will probably be the tiebreaker there. Ankrum, I'm, I'm not a big believer in Ankrum. Johnny Sauter, it's a really cheap price. You know the story of Johnny Sauter. Uh, we know that he, he was really hot out the gates in DFS Truck Series in 2019, and then he just kind of fell off the map. 2020, 2021, he was terrible. Uh, at first, it was kind of just mechanical failures, but then it seemed like the team wasn't really behind him. Either way, the wheels fell off the truck. It was a complete disaster towards the end. But the one place where he has been strong and consistent, or at least the one track style where he has been strong and consistent, has been the flat tracks. We're talking Martinsville. We're talking Gateway. That's where his truck has been fast. It's where he has been fast. The only issue is that he, even at Martinsville, he still suffers from wrecks and mechanical failures. If the Gremlins aren't there, if Johnny Sauter doesn't get into a fight like he did last year with Parker Kligerman, dumpy, dumpy, I mean, you've got to be a real turd, saw turd, as I've heard him called in other videos, to be dumped by nice guy Parker Kligerman. If Parker Kligerman is wrecking you intentionally, one of the nicest guys, a guy with a reputation for being a guy nice, a guy that has to maintain that reputation and can't risk it, decides to risk it but can get away with it. That tells you everything you need to know about Johnny Sauter personality-wise. tells you everything you need to know about Johnny Sauter and the way that he races other people. That very well could happen again in this race. So you have to be careful with that. Derek Krause, uh, I don't know. These KNNS West guys never really put it together, it seems like. Colby Howard also in a McAnally. McAnally truck. Uh, three McAnally trucks. Three might be a little too much. We shall see. I'm not really interested in 7,100 Colby Howard. We get Colby Howard at 5,000 in JD Motorsports car. And I don't know if McAnally in this field is really better than Colby Howard at 5,000 in JD Motorsports in a typical Xfinity Series field. Seems like it's an inflated price. Hey, Brett Holmes at $7,000. Seems like it's an inflated price. What has Brett Holmes ever done? That's not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you right now as you watch this video, what has Brett Holmes ever done? I'm waiting. I guess you could look at the screen. Uh, he finished ninth in Las Vegas. It was a wreck fest. Do you know, not a rhetorical question, how many wrecks were there in the Las Vegas race just in stage three alone? I guess you could probably say by the way that I asked that question, it was probably a lot. And if it was probably a lot, you could then take the guess or you could infer that his ninth place finish at Las Vegas slightly inflated. But he did finish ninth. Yeah, here. This is a very challenging racetrack that he's never been. Has he ever been here before? Uh, well, we can just look at the spreadsheet. He finished 22nd. Paging Brandon Cruz. I'm right here. Hey, Brandon, was there a bunch of wrecks in stage three that inflated the uh, finishes in the Martinsville race last year? Yes, there was. Do you think Brandon and Brett Holmes in a green race is going to finish 22nd? No, I I don't, but I think it's actually going to... I don't care! I think it's going to be green. I know you think it's going to be chaos in stage three and it's going to inflate his... And that's a pretty good idea. I'm not... I'm. You might convince me. Because that's kind of what I thought before, but then I changed my mind. I do that occasionally, right? Chase Purdy, he sucks. 
I just can't get it together. These GMS, what happened to GMS? What happened to you, GMS? Um, they were already falling apart. Now, maybe the thing about this, maybe the reason that they were already falling apart last season because they were already building for their Cup Series team. You ever thought about that? GMS's struggles aren't new. They have happened over the last year and a half. They have completely fallen apart. Mainly their the bottom two team, right? They even their top drivers outside of Zane Smith that really were just depreciating, disintegrating. And it's very noticeable now. But maybe starting last year, they knew they were going cup series racing and they were already funneling their resources into the cup series. Seems to make sense, doesn't it? Seems like this is only going to get worse. How's Chase Purdy get better? Think about that. How does Chase Purdy get better? But he finished it. Okay, that's fine. Check out the article if you want to get my insight on Chase Purdy. Austin Wayne Self, he's he's an absolute mess. There were times where he's worked. He'll probably qualify 15th, and then you're just going to have to hope that none of the other punts work. If it goes completely green, maybe it works, but I have a hard time rostering him. He's just a mess. He makes mistakes, he wrecks. He loses his mind, he wrecks. And he's got a big target on his back. Everyone wants to wreck him. Just watch last fall's Martinsville race. If you want to understand Austin Wayne Self, AWS, there's only one race that you need to watch. That's the Martinsville fall truck race, the penultimate race of the year, final chance to get into the championship. Watch Austin Wayne Self, watch John Henry Nemechek, and then you can make up your mind on what you think of AWS. Haley Deegan sucks. Her life sucks right now, but, you know, I feel sorry for her, whatever. I don't know. I don't have anything to add other than I'm just going to look at the racing and on the racetrack, it's just not there. Timmy Hill has got the finishes. Now, one thing I will look at, as I, I've done, Let's just look at his laps. And this is something that you can do. We'll just look at his laps in his fall race. This is something that you can dig into in the spreadsheet and decide for yourself about Timmy Hill. Because you're not going to get an honest answer. You're probably not going to get I'm kind of turned. I'm jaded. And he just never works. He doesn't. He's never in the optimal lineup. Is he a decent race car driver? Is he a good story? Is it lo- is narrative street loaded wall to wall? It absolutely is. And I was on that narrative street tossing beads up and partying along with everyone else. And Cruz is still there. Cruz is right there in the middle of narrative street. Wasted. Beads everywhere. Loving the Timmy Hill storyline. Driving down that street. I was there too, but then I sobered up and realized, what are we doing? He's never optimal. He's a nice guy. It's a fun storyline. He won an iRace. This is great, but dude, we're losing too much money. We got to get out of here. It's like we're on the the island of pleasure in Pinocchio. He's turning into the donkey. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. What are we doing? I woke up from a spell, from a trance, the Timmy Hill trance. Well, let's look and see what he did. Maybe Cruz is right. I think that we were wrong. Look, man, now you're going to say, oh, it was all part of his strategy. He's staying in the back. Okay, I get it. Like that's then that that's possible, right? He's running around twenty fifth, and then he waits to attack, but then he's right back in the back, and he really needs a bunch of cautions. And then he gets in the fifteenth, and then he holds position because there were a bunch of cautions. Then he's right back in the back again. I don't know, guys. I know Cruz is going to change his mind, and now I'm probably too biased against him. 
we really need to sit down and just talk this thing out. We got to figure this Timmy Hill thing out. Or you can at the very least look at the data and decide, is this methodical? Is this a strategy? Is this the plan? Does this plan always work at Martinsville? Uh, is he good, but does he work in DFS? We'll see. I wish I could give you that answer, but we're coming to the end of this video now. I think we have gone long enough. I will talk about one more. Uh, I think Jake Garcia is going to carry way too much ownership. And, and I'm considering not playing this guy. We'll see. This is the one where I do want to see what happens in practice. Um, uh, basically, the guys that Cruz mentioned in, in the video, because if you want truck content, you're going to watch Cruz, and people are going to end up playing. Cruz is going to shift the dial. And uh, he mentioned Little. He mentioned Garcia. He said he thinks they're going to be popular. He didn't make that up. That's through the research that he did. That's through the analysis that he did. And through my research and my analysis, I came to the same conclusion that these guys look like very popular plays. So if I came to that conclusion, he also outside of me came to that same conclusion that I imagine other people that are playing DFS NASCAR that aren't watching our videos are going to come to that conclusion. And the people that are watching the videos are also going to come to that conclusion. It looks like Garcia and Little are going to have some very high ownership and we need these punts to fit Kyle Busch. So it is worth possibly not playing them. Consider it. Find one of these other guys to look at. Thanks for joining me. I will try to real quickly do an Xfinity run through. That's probably not going to have enough time. So that will probably have to wait. Thanks for joining me. Fantasy NASCAR podcast, like, subscribe. Really, really, really consider joining the Patreon. Uh, if you have already joined the Patreon, thank you so much. We really appreciate you at patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, raceforthepriceforthe You can also find my weird stuff at the Constrained Vision. Haven't been able to update that lately because that's because this week I've had to cover NASCAR trucks, NASCAR Cup, NASCAR Xfinity, F1, NFL, USFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and I'm also doing Masters content. I have done that all this week, so the Constrained Vision on the back burner. Eventually, hopefully, I will get back to that content. Not that you care, but, you know, juggling a lot of things. It was very difficult and challenging to get this video to you, but I wanted to get this video to you because I appreciate you. I could have easily said, I can't do a NASCAR truck Martinsville race video. There's not going to be enough views. It's just going to be live for one day. There's not enough time. I don't think I should do it. But because I appreciate you, I did it. Now you can show your appreciation at least just once by signing up at patreon.com slash DFS and contributing a little to us. You don't have to do it forever. You don't have to do it month after month after month. But I think if you see the data and the information that we are providing for you, that you will like it. So please consider in this moment right now, as you are in your car or sitting there thinking, maybe I should at least sign up for one month, click the dumb buttons and help these guys out. They're giving me a lot of information. They're busting their butts, trying to help me become a better DFS NASCAR player, helping me give some picks, helping me get some leverage, talking me through. They're watching the races. They're not just reading a spreadsheet to me. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. I really, truly appreciate every single one of you that subscribe, like, and comment in the threads. And, uh, I know some of you, what happened to the disc video? Put the video back up where you burn and smash the skull of the guy. Uh, he didn't come back. What was his name? Uh, I don't know. You can look at it. If you look at the video for Secret DFS NASCAR Stats, if you go to my video, Secret DFS NASCAR Stats, and where I talk about, hey, the pit road data is going to determine the race. And hey, guess what? The pit road data absolutely 
determined, or at the very least, heavily influenced the race. I even posted the stats. The guy thought he was going to burn. The guy thought he was going to dunk on me in the comments. And so I swatted his you-know-what back out of the stadium. You come at me? You go come at me? You come at the king, you best not miss, dog. And he missed. He got embarrassed. And he hasn't come back since. I got the video down because I didn't want to spend a video disparaging the guy. And I didn't. I was actually really respectful of the guy. I went out of my way to give him the benefit of the doubt because I just, like, I'm not a jerk like he is. And I can call him that because his comment is right there. And then when I responded, he hasn't responded back, right? He didn't come back and apologize. He didn't even come back to argue. He hit his tail between his legs and in shame, he went and hid in his corner, embarrassed. And he should still be there. But if you want to see his comment, just go to that DFS NASCAR stats video where you can see where I was right, he was wrong, he thought he was going to prove me. And I just, well, here's the data, you idiot. <laughs> if you're going to dunk on me, have some evidence. If you're going to try to disrespect me, you want to disrespect me, then you better have some information. Don't just give me your opinion and your stupid nonsense where you didn't even watch the race. You didn't even look at the results. Here it is again. I probably ruined this video. Uh, this is kind of disrespectful to the guy, but whatever. I don't care. I'm working too much. I have the opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be disrespectful. I work too much to put up with this stuff. I put too much heart and soul and effort into these spreadsheets, into these videos for clowns to think that they can walk into my territory, into this basic industry that I've been a big part of. I'm not going to be as clownish to say that I built this. No, I, we've seen other DFS touts say, I built this industry. Shut up. Like, I've just been a part of it. You've been a part of it. We've been a part of it. And we should all be respectful to each other. I'm not going to tear anyone down. So if you want to come at me, what are you doing, man? I'm just trying to help. Like, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like uh, If you look at the other comments, I was completely wrong on Chris Buescher. Who was the first to admit that? It was me. Chris Buescher was optimal last week, and I owned it. I always own it. You're not going to find anyone more transparent. You're not going to find anyone more honest. When I miss, I let you know. And if the Martinsville race turns into an absolute chaotic stage three, you know who's going to be the first person to say, my bad, here's how I got it wrong. I hope to get it better. And it's not like I'm doing that because I'm trying to win you over or influence you. Although I have read Dale Carnegie's How to Influence People and Win Friends multiple times, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm doing it for me. The only way that I get better is to admit when I am wrong, right? If, if the pit road data didn't work, I would have been front and center admitting, all right, it's not wrong. we got to reform the strategy, but it did work. So you're going to keep looking at pit road data. The Busher thing, it missed. So what I've done is, what did I miss about Busher? What did I miss about RFK? What did I miss about Brad Kozlowski? How can I improve my process? What can I do differently? And the only way that you can develop or progress is to admit when you're wrong, understand your mistakes, understand your issues, understand your problems. The guy that came at me probably doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. And if he can't admit that he's wrong, one, he's not going to start using the pit data. That's a problem. Two, he's going to continue to fail process. And that's what I've been about. That's what it's all about process. It's all about systems. It's all about the constrained vision. That outlook, that approach to life is what I am constantly preaching on here. Hopefully it helps you. It helps me. It works pretty well for me. So, but if you don't agree, that's fine. 
Um, yeah, the disc video is not going to come back up. So, but I guess this is basically now the disc video. So, um, whatever his name is, I've already forgotten him. Goodbye and good riddance. Yeah, goodbye and good riddance. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic.